The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray, and we are getting ready for week eight of the college football season. It is crazy to think we are already in week eight. A couple bye weeks across the SEC. The Big Ten is back in the fold. Some news tidbits to get to around the world of college football as well. But first, we want to let you know that this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Prize Picks. That's right. Are you tired of losing in fantasy sports? I am. Well, times are changing. Now it's just you versus the numbers. Prize Picks is the perfect place for you, whether the injury bug has ruined your season long team or you're a seasoned vet in the daily fantasy space. On Prize Picks, you simply select two, three, or four players and predict that they will go over or under their fantasy projection. That's it. Hey, you think Justin Fields is going to have a huge weekend back in the fold and score a bunch of touchdowns and throw a bunch of yards? Well, then take his over and win real cash today. Price Picks gives you the chance to win 10x your money for getting four predictions correct. 10x real cash if you get four predictions correct. Entries are so simple. They can be made in less than 60 seconds. All you have to do is sign up today at prizepicks.com or on the Price Picks app and use the promo code PUNT. P-U-N-T, punt. It gets you a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Prize picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. Been getting a ton of DMs, a lot of text messages as well, telling me how much fun they're having playing prize picks. It's the best. If you're in the state of Georgia, if you're in Florida, if you are anywhere in the southeast, Download the app, go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code PUNT. It's the best way to stay active and win real money when you're watching college football or watching the World Series or watching the NFL because you can make cross-sport mixed sport entries. It is simply the best. prizepicks.com, download prizepicks app, use the promo code PUNT. A lot to get into. We will definitely get everybody ready for this week 8 episode of Punt and Pass, so let's get into it. All right, let's do this thing. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. Head on over to puntandpass.com to keep up to date on everything going on in the world of college football. It's got our YouTube page up there. It's got our Punt, Pass, and Pick. It's got a blog. It's got our merch shop. Go pick up some sweet merch. It's college football season. It's the best website in the world. I mean, I was on it the other day, and I was like, this is the greatest website in the world. And my wife built it. So, hey, I mean, I'm not bragging, but I'm just telling you, it's the greatest website in the oh, world. Speaking of wives, I screwed up. 
I, I, I screwed up because um, Sharon wanted her to go this week, but I guess I, I, I didn't tell no her Georgia game though. Georgia's playing. Yeah, they have a bye week, so we'll let her because she only knows Georgia football. She's not well versed with the other uh, other teams in the conference <laughs> yeah. and definitely other teams uh, different conferences. So uh, we'll save it for for a Georgia game to get her on there and. Hopefully she can bring some good juju to the Bulldogs, unlike your wife who just oh, stomped on their grave. So he just stomped you uh, with her Alabama um, flaunting during yeah. the hunt. Yeah, that was tough. Um, we won't talk about that. We've moved past it. It's Thursday. We're five days She's not past. About it She's definitely talking about it. You and I, we, we've gone through the mourning period. Now it's acceptance. Now we're moving forward. We got to figure out what's going to happen. But thankfully, Georgia has a bye week. We do have a lot to talk about, though. The Big Ten is back. There's a few SEC games on tap this weekend. In the world of college football, though, a couple of news tidbits. The one thing I do want to ask you about first, and just tell me this from a quarterback's perspective. Um, Thursday night football is about to kick off. We're taping this late on a Thursday. Aaron's in Reno, Nevada, about to cover University of Nevada, I'm guessing. Yeah, against uh, Wyoming on Saturday. Mount West football is back. Let's go, baby. Mount West football is back, too. But what do you think about... Tua Tungabailoa just getting thrown the keys for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Fitzpatrick was balling out. Seemed like they had a bunch of momentum. I, I don't know about this move. I just, I just don't get the rush. I mean, what, what is the rush? Your team's playing well. Fitzmagic's playing well. You're number two in a division behind the, the Bills at the moment. Uh, things seem to be going well. I mean, he's the leader of the football team. So, I mean, Tua must be absolutely balling out in practice. I don't know. And they're dude. like, this guy has to play. I, I, I. I I was so stunned to hear that because, I mean, you, you were making fun of me at some point about my love, or maybe it was CC was making fun of me. I think it was CC because Chris Childers on the SEC network, our SEC channel in Sirius, uh, I work with every day. Um, you know, he, he's obviously we're all big Tua fans. We all think Tua is going to be great. We all hope he stays healthy. But I'm like, let the kid sit, man. Fitzpatrick has yeah. played well in his career at times. And he's playing right now. Like just, just there's nothing wrong with sitting and learning. I just don't get the rush. It's not like this team right now, you know, needs a a stud quarterback to go win a Super Bowl this year. They're rebuilding. They got to get some more pieces around Tua. Why throw him to the Wolves when he's coming off a major surgery? I just, it, it's just the rush. It's just, it's dumb. It no. wasn't me making fun of you because I'm in a hundred percent agreement. We haven't talked about it yet. I mean, like you said, Dolphins the- defense is balling. AFC East is significantly different this year with no Brady and the Pats are kind of on the fence. We don't know what they are, but again, it's still October. Dolphins had some legitimate juju going, winning football games, rallying around Fitzpatrick. Why mess up a good thing and just throw Tua in there? I mean, and I haven't watched the interview yet, but I read the quotes about Ryan Fitzpatrick saying he's heartbroken. He's like crying in this interview saying, I thought this was my team. Thought we were winning football games, and your ass got benched. I mean, he knows it, too. No sugarcoating this thing. You are getting benched for a rookie, and I just I said this during the pre-draft. I said this during the draft. I mentioned it during the Quarantine Chronicles. I just don't know if Tua is built from a body perspective for the NFL, okay? You can rake me over the coals for saying that. Aaron, do you know who the last left-handed quarterback was to start an NFL game? Steve Young, I have no idea. Kellen Moore. I mean, they just don't. Oh, yeah, they nice. just don't come around often. All right. Was he and, was he post Vic? Was he post Vic? Oh yeah, I, I'm sure Kellen Moore started a game in probably 2014 14, or 15. 15 you know, something yeah. like that. Um, he is Fitzpatrick. I was shocked by it. It definitely caught me off guard. 
It was a hard thing for me to hear yesterday. Just digesting the news. My heart, <laughs> my heart just hurt all day. I mean, this that, man is devastated. That man threw back some beers oh. and a couple pints of, of Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream and just cried himself to sleep. I mean, I mean, it's tough though. I mean, you are the leader of that football team. You know, it's been a unique offseason. Obviously, Tua wasn't around the guys as much as most rookies are because limited time and, and, and no spring and summer and fall camp was weird for the NFL, just like college football. I mean, this is Fitz's team. So yes. it's, 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 uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't like the timing at all. But, you know, I listen, you know, Tua, at least built wise, I know you're talking about just lefties quarterback and lefty quarterbacks having success in the NFL. You know, Tua has the tools. You know, he has a great arm. Um, size wise, I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's thick. He is a thick, thick lower half, like yeah. strong lower half. I mean, size wise, you want to probably compare him to, to, I guess everyone wants to compare guys that are shorter to Drew Brees. He's like a thicker version of Drew Brees. But he, I don't know if he can spin it like Brees in Brees' heyday. I don't know, Aaron. I mean, you throw into wide spin, open Devontae Smith, Calvin Tua Ridley. Is the only negative thing that, that you could have against Tua. Tua can spin the crap out I of I don't know. I, I just don't know. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out. We are going to find out. But my mind, okay, I just I want to read one more quote from Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> The quote to quote Fitz Magic, and I think the Dolphins are four and two. I mean, I think they're three and three. They're playing fine. They're in the hunt in the AFC East. Here's what he said: "Quote, there was a lot of stuff going through my mind yesterday, just from a personal standpoint, not necessarily with the team. I'm thinking, is this it? Like, was that my last game as an NFL player in terms of being the starter and going out there and playing? Look, I mean, shit, I got cut. I mean, I didn't know my last game was going to be my last game, but." I just I feel bad for the guy, and yeah. you know who knows what's going to happen with Tua. Hopefully, like you said, knock on wood. Hope he stays healthy. But just well, b- Fitz, bizarre Fitz, timing. Fitz has to stay prepared because, as we know in Tua's history, you know he, 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 it's hard for him to stay healthy, and, and yeah. he's coming off, still coming off a big time surgery. And uh, these are the big boys, man. They 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 come to they're hunting out there on the defense side of the football, especially young quarterbacks are ready to knock you around a little bit. So this. This may not be the last time we see, you know, Fitz Magic in a Dolphins uniform, uh, lacing up and starting for the Dolphins. Yeah, my man's heartbroken. I feel bad heartbroken. for him, but like you said, we'll see. We I, I just flowers from the pun pad. Yeah, we should. We definitely should. I just view like that. Throw the quarterback into the ring of fire. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence when he's ready. You know, Sam Darnold. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Sorry, I just went on that tangent. But from like a football player to football player thing, that shocked me. The Dolphins are three and three. It's their bye week. I think you said it best. Fitz Magic better keep the chin strap buckled up and ready to rock and roll because who knows what can happen with the thought, bizarre I, timing of the Tua experiment. I thought you were going to bring up. I didn't know you were going to go this way. I thought you were going to bring up the uh, Odell Beckham being suspended. Oh, I do have that in my notes. Facility for two years. That for, man. And then the uh, infractions that they imposed on themselves because he's out there just dealing money. (laughs) Well, the best part about that, and everybody will remember, last year in the Superdome, after LSU won the national championship, Odell was like belligerent or who knows what was going on. But he's freaking out, uh, handing money wide openly in the public to LSU players, trying to direct the band, got kicked out of the stands. I mean, the dude was having a great time. The funniest part was the LSU athletic department, like, completely wiped it. No, it was, like, I even think at one point they said it was fake money. Like, they just tried to completely dismiss it. And then, of course, they had to have an internal investigation. 
I, I would love to know how much money Odell Beckham has donated to the athletic department and to the football team. But when he was doing such stupid actions in the public eye after the national championship game, he has since been suspended from the football facility for two years and LSU brought down sanctions on themselves. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And I mean, it's just Odell being selfish, plain simple as Odell trying to steal the spotlight from, from the players that deserved to be in the spotlight at the time. So the whole situation is unfortunate. It, it really sucks for, for that football team to lose um, a decent amount of scholarships. You know, you need every scholarship you can get, especially as we see this year, they're trying to rebuild that program and, you know, they, they could be struggling to be one and three to start the season mm. off right now. Um, so yeah, just, just selfishness. And uh, it was funny to watch at the time, but now I'm sure everyone in the athletic department and then all the fan, all the all the players and coaches are like, "Why the hell did we let him in the locker room?" Unbelievable. After- LSU had initially claimed the bills handed out were fake, but since later issued a statement acknowledging real cash was given out to student athletes and conducted a self investigation. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, um, yeah LSU's in shambles. Miles Brennan dealing with a lower body injury. He's been benched. Freshman TJ Finley will start this week and see if he can get a little bit more momentum on the way for the Bayou Bengals. But um, the Big Ten is back. Let's just dive into this thing. College football, SEC taking a little bit, sort of a bye week. Um, Georgia, Kentucky got moved. Florida, Missouri got moved, dealing with some COVID issues. It sounds like everybody's okay. Aaron, I haven't heard of anything crazy as far as guys getting too sick. I know the athletic director at Alabama had some symptoms. Um, we won't go down the Saban route, but it is just crazy. Like Saban just didn't get it. Tested negative. The athletic director had it, said he was very symptomatic and was dealing with it for a couple of days. Saban had the false positive. I don't even want to know where they were shoving that thing to get false positives, but he had it. He was on the sidelines, and God bless him. I mean, the dude's untouchable. I have nothing but respect for Nick Saban. I mean, it's crazy. Well, for okay, I know you say it's a, it's a bye week in the SEC. Alabama, this- Tennessee. But, I mean, I think besides that game, that's going to be an absolute just ass-whooping. I mean, Alabama is going to crush the living souls out of Tennessee. Okay. And I just want to, I'm going to bring up one point about Tennessee after I just slowly touch on these other games. I mean, Auburn, Ole Miss, I think is going to be a good football game. Two evenly matched football teams. Kentucky, Missouri, you know my boy Basilex playing, Basilex or yep. whatever, however the hell you pronounce his last name. Yep. Um, you know, if I'm going to love him as much, I better learn how to pronounce it right. And then South Carolina, LSU, I think it's going to be a great game. So three out of the four, you can say, are going to be competitive. Yeah. Tennessee, start of the year, 2-0. and Yep. 2-0. and No one expected them to beat Georgia. They lose. Um, get their butt whooped by Kentucky. Well, okay. That- Hold on, though. I'm going to stick up one second. Jared Garantano, gift wrap that game to Kentucky. Continue. Whatever, gift wrapped or not. I know you're just so salty that Kentucky won a football game. <laughs> I am. It's just unbelievable. All right, so they're two and two. Their next three games, possibly four games, Alabama. D- that's a that's definite L. L. Definitely L. So two and three. Arkansas at Arkansas. Okay, getting interesting. Coin flip. All of a sudden, that's a coin flip game now. Could be two and four. AM, hottest number two team in the West. Yep. Two and five, and then at Auburn, could you? What are the? What is their record by the time they face Vandy on November twenty eighth after Thanksgiving? What is Tennessee's record? Well, you know, after they beat Alabama this weekend, and oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so they're two and two right now. Two and three, two and four, two and five, two and. You're thinking two and six if they lose to Auburn. 
I don't know. They they will get right. Okay, here's why. Right, this was so bizarre to me. All right, this was absolutely bizarre to me, and I saw a great tweet from a Tennessee fan. Assumingly, it was a Tennessee fan. All right, Jared Garantano last week was fourteen to twenty one for eighty eight yards, two pick sixes, and a fumble. All right, that is crazy. They get their ass beat. Two pick sixes. The game was over in the first half. They're not built to come back from that. They cannot do that. Jared Garantano cannot do that. You've seen the recipe for success for Tennessee. It's don't turn the ball over, establish the run game. All right? They turn around this week after just a horrible loss. They hadn't lost to Kentucky in Knoxville since 1984. Okay? They fired the defensive line coach. (laughs) So I go to the tweet, and I'm like, did something happen? I go to the tweet, and the first reply was, can't we just bench our QB? I mean, like, let's just do the thing that probably will help on Saturday. But firing the D-line, what is that going to do? I don't know. Jeremy Pruitt, Aaron, you might be vindicated at the end of the season if Jeremy Pruitt messes this thing up big time. Well, I, listen, it, there's, there is a some bad stuff going into that locker room. I don't know if you saw the... The Instagram post from uh, Toa Toa, their linebacker. Oh, that dude is a beast. What did he say? Well, he's a, he is a beast, and this is what really pisses me off, though, because he posted a picture of Harrison Bailey, the freshman quarterback for Tennessee, posted a picture with fingers crossed right above the picture. <laughs> you want to talk about a leader on that Team dissension. Dividing a locker wow. like that. I mean, not just to me. That's why I look at their schedule and say they're not playing well. They have a divided locker room. They're firing coaches. Like, that is just a mess right now. Now they're mm. going to get their asses blown out by Alabama. Shit is about to hit the fan yeah. real hard there in Knoxville, and, and I don't want to be there to see it. Ooh. It's ugly. It's going to get uglier. I mean, what do you do? You go out there. If, if you, I mean, the, the team seems that if your leader on defense is saying, hey, we want this guy to be the quarterback, what do you do as a coaching staff? You know, I just think the team doesn't believe in Garantano. That's not good when the team doesn't believe in him. And I don't know if the coaching staff believes in a true freshman enough to go in there and play either. So it's just it, – it's again going against an Alabama team that defensively got better last week. Like I said, this game's going to get ugly fast. And then, like I said, you look at the rest of the schedule, Arkansas is playing great defense. That's not an easy game on the road all yeah. of a sudden. And A&M's playing great football. And then who knows what Auburn's going to look like at the end of November. So, you know, this could be a three and seven football team at the end of the year, maybe four and six, five and five at best right now. All right. I, I look, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And, and we'll, we'll talk in extreme hypotheticals right now. That's fine. We'll have some fun. If that does happen, you would have to think with the expectations they had coming into the season, that New contract with Jeremy, they, that maybe they would, I don't know. The the noise will certainly be loud, okay? And and I'm not going to sit here and say that Coach Pruitt would be on the chopping block, but I think that what might be out there on the shopping racks could be attractive to Philip Fulmer. By that, I mean this. Um, Lincoln Riley. I don't think he coaches in the SEC. I think he goes to the NFL, right? I think he'd be a better fit in the NFL. Who knows? I'll give you one name, and this name was told to me by a huge Tennessee fan that I think Philip Fulmer would make happen because it would cause a huge shift in the SEC East. Do you know who I'm going to say? No. Hugh Freeze at Liberty. 
Hugh Freeze, when he was the head coach He'll at Ole Miss, yeah, he will be back in the SEC. When he was the head coach at Ole Miss, he ran all over Kirby Smart's defense at Alabama. Shit, he almost beat Alabama three years in a row, which is absolutely unheard of now. You know that he would be able to recruit. I mean, whether it's how he likes to recruit or not, he'd bring the athletes in. The cupboard ain't bare at Tennessee. I just think that philosophy switch at Tennessee could be certainly interesting. So it ain't happening. Jeremy Pruitt just got a two-year extension through 2025. He's getting paid a lot of money right now. He, he going anywhere for a couple of years at least. Woo! It's fun, man. It's fun. Like you said, um, it's the noise is only going to get louder after this weekend because Alabama yeah. seems to be on some sort of revenge tour, even though they've got revenge against nothing. Um, they're certainly making statements week in and week out. Tennessee ain't built to run with that crew. Those dudes are elite, so it will certainly get interesting. Let's dive into these games. Let's break down five games real quick, Murray. Um, last week, I took a step back. You took a small step forward. I was 2-3 and three against the spread. That brings my season total to 16-14 and 14 on pump, pass, and pick. You were 3-2, and two, staying above 500. You are also now at 16-14. and 14. You're scratching and clawing your way back. What am I at now with my, my guarantee of the week? Where are yeah, we at? Buddy, you are 4-0, oh, okay? Four now, look, oh, that's big-time stuff. 4-0 and oh or 3-0? and oh? I don't know, but whatever it is. 4-0 with the uh, the lock of the week. You might have to put that behind a paywall because that's that's pretty legitimate stuff, okay? You can't just be giving out winners like that left and right and not expect anything in return. Yeah, Murray, you are uh, you're 4-0. Wow. Hot. He's hot. All right, let's start with that Alabama-Tennessee football game. Um, it is not the third Saturday in October, which it's supposed to always be. Or is it the third Saturday in October? I think it – is this the fourth okay. Saturday in October? Let me check because this is a, a historical SEC rivalry. And with COVID, I think this might have got messed up. It's the fourth Saturday in October. That's a shame. But these two teams are facing off. Murray, you just said it. Tennessee has got a huge uphill battle. It's at 3.30 p.m. on CBS. Going to be nice weather. It looks like 76, maybe some rain. Alabama. 21 and a half point favorite, the total 65. It's in Knoxville. I don't know, man. That's a lot of points. But then again, I, I, I just don't see how Tennessee could keep up with these guys. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And I think Alabama defensively kind of got their mojo going back in, in, in the right direction last week for Georgia. Um, if Georgia can't stop that offense, no one can stop that offense. So they're going to continue to put up stupid numbers like I said, I don't know who the quarterback for Tennessee is going to be. I don't know, regardless of who the quarterback is, how much confidence they have heading into that football game uh, with the thought process of if I screw up early, you know, how long is my leash? Am I going to get yanked for the next quarterback? And is this just going to be a carousel for the rest of the season? So I just think that that, that offense is very wonked out right now. Um, you know, hopefully they just get there and just run the football, find a way to establish the run game. I mean, Georgia was able to run the ball last week. Yeah. So, Tennessee with that offensive line, those running backs, maybe they lean on that. If I'm Alabama, I'm just going to load the box and say, "Listen, try to go, try to go on us, uh, try to throw the football." We've seen yeah. your quarterbacks play. Uh, we will take our chances with eight guys in the box and see what you can do on the outside. So, whoever the Tennessee quarterback is, they're going to get one-on-one opportunities. They're going to have to take advantage of it. But Tennessee's defense, no shot against what Alabama was doing offensively. Give me Alabama with this one. I think they roll, roll early. The backups will be playing in the fourth quarter, uh, and it's going to be sad times and rocky top. 
I, I have to agree with you here. I mean, 21 and a half is a gigantic number for an SEC football game, but the, the explosiveness and the chunk yardage that Alabama is able to create on the offensive side of the ball. Mac Jones just got named National Quarterback of the Week. The way he is able to put it in places to allow his receivers to run into open space, to run towards a flying football, these guys beat man-to-man coverage. They find ways to sit in zone, and then create yards after the catch. They have the explosive package, a Devontae Smith, a Jalen Waddle, getting the ball to Najee Harris in the flat, letting him beat out a linebacker. These guys are legit. And Alabama's defense is getting better. I mean, I know a lot of people were talking down on them. Lane Kiffin had the recipe. Matt Corral and Ole Miss were able to go extremely super fast, keep them on their heels, and put up a ton of points on the board. Tennessee can't do that. I mean, even if Jarek Antonio has best game ever, they're not built for that. Who will be the quarterback? I don't know. But on the defensive side of the ball, Tennessee will not be able to slow down Alabama. Alabama has no plans of slowing down themselves. I think they have a bye week after this week, Aaron. Does that sound correct? Um, so I think they burn the ships here. No, they play Mississippi no, they State play Mississippi next State. week. I still think they burn the ships. Alabama lay the three touchdowns plus the hook. They're going to blow out Tennessee in Rocky Top, and that noise is going to get louder and louder around Jeremy Pruitt. All right, a game that you mentioned that I actually do want to put on our board this weekend because I think it's going to be one of the more competitive games in the league, and it's also juicy on prize picks, which we're about to get into, Aaron, is Auburn at Ole Miss. Look, these two teams need a win in the biggest way. Auburn heads to Oxford to take on Ole Miss. This game's at noon on SEC Network. Auburn's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 70 and a half points, Aaron. I mean, talk about two quarterbacks who are on a different trajectory, Bo Nix and Matt Corral. Two offenses with different identities. Who knows what Auburn's going to do? Everybody knows what Ole Miss is going to do. On the defensive side of the ball, can Ole Miss just throw at least 11 competent guys out there? You would hope so, but it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it might be game of the weekend in the SEC. I, I mean, listen, I, I like that game. I kind of like the South Carolina LSU game later on in the day at, at, at 7 o'clock. Um, but, yes, this is going to be a great football game. You know, it, it, can Matt Corral put behind six interceptions? I mean, you don't see that often, a quarterback throwing six interceptions. And, you know, partly on him, partly on the you know, Arkansas defense last week. or who, who was, it, was it Arkansas last yeah, week? Yeah, it was. Like, yeah, Arkansas last week. Um, and then also just Lane Kiffin not giving him the hook. At some point, though, they got to get John Rice Palmley involved in the game. The kid had so no too. touches, no touches last week. Just use him as a decoy if you got to. Just something, screens, jet sweeps, put him at running back in the backfield, give him some go balls. I mean, just something. The kid's too dynamic to be sitting his butt on the pine watching the game from the sidelines the entire game. So hopefully they got a plan for him and a package for him. Um, I, I, I love Matt Corral. I think Matt Corral is a very talented quarterback. It was just one of those weeks where just a snowball effect. Um, God, I'm torn on this one. Like I said, I think it's a good game. I, I just, I'll say it again. Auburn is just to me, very blah on both sides of the football defensively, blah offensively, not great either. And is not very encouraging last week when I watched the football game after almost every series in the second half, Bo Nix is, you know, John with his receivers. He's John with his coaches. They're going back and forth. There's some issues going on in that football team right now. So hopefully they solved it. I just, you know, to me, there's been no progress on that offense. They've just kind of been the same, and that same is not very good right now. 
through the first four games of the season. So give me Ole Miss, man. I think they're going to get that offense right this week again. I'll take Ole Miss as the uh, the home dogs here. Love it. He's taking a home dog. Um, I'm kind of bummed you took them because I thought you were going to go Auburn after what you said. I, I like a home dog here too. Okay. The one thing that would worry me about this is I think it's so evident to everybody walking into that stadium on Saturday. Auburn has to establish the run game. They have to take some sort of pressure off Bo Nix. They have to allow him to get into the game plan, Aaron, to feel comfortable, to then have Gus Malzahn open up the playbook and say, what do you want to do, right? How are we going to go about this? Chad Morris can sit there and go, let's make this game plan about you and allow you to do what you're best at. If they do that, they have to run the football. And we all know against Ole Miss defense, you should be able to do whatever you want if you're competent enough. I know it's tough to put on that pedestal because Alabama is so much better than everybody else. But you know they don't have the greatest defense. These two teams are evenly matched. If they're evenly matched, I'll take the home dog. I think Mississippi Mississippi keeps it close. Ole Miss, that is. And I think this will be a great game. I mean, like you said, it's not like Matt Crow's going to walk back out there and throw six interceptions again. You would think you would that he not. writes those wrongs. You would think that John Rice Plumley does get reps in this football game. And I think that would keep Auburn guessing. Um, and I like Lane Kiffin's ability to be in a good bounce back spot, get his offense right, and get a big home win. This is a great SEC West rivalry, Auburn yep. and Ole Miss. And it's fantastic on prize picks. Let's go through these picks real quick on the prize picks board because I think it's pretty clear how you could make some real money with a nice little four pick in this game alone. Bo Nix, 21 fantasy points over or under Aaron Murray. It's a lot. I'm gonna go, I know it's a lot. I'm going to go, I'm going to go over here though. I think, I think like I, we both agree. I think Matt Corral is going to write the ship. This offense is going to get back to doing what they did through the first three games of the season. So I think Auburn's going to come out having to throw the football there, especially in the second half, to try to keep pace. So I can see a lot of yards, and maybe even if they are losing late, some just junk yardage and maybe a late junk touchdown that doesn't mean anything, but you know gives them some fantasy points. So because of the offense they're going against an Ole Miss, and because of the defense they're going against an Ole Miss, I think he has a chance to put up some big numbers. Yeah, see, I like Tank Bigsby at over 17 and a half fantasy points. I just think that they. Auburn knows we have to run the ball in order to be successful in this football game. And I think, like you said, if you can open up the passing game just a little bit, maybe get that defense back a little bit in the second level, then open up the run game, get some big gash yardages. I think Tank Bigsby goes over 17 and a half, and I think he kind of takes that accountability to say, y'all need me to step up in a big way. I'm here for you to take some of that pressure off Bo Nix to allow him to take a deep breath and move this offense. So I'm going to go over Tank Bigsby, 17 and a half fantasy points. On the other side, you got Matt Corral. 25 is his projection, Aaron. No way he's going to go out there and throw six picks again. But again, it's not like Auburn's defense is terrible. Yeah. No, um, that's that's a, that's a good one right there. I would say he's going to be right around that number, honestly. Yeah. I can see him going out there and throwing probably three touchdowns. Um, and, the, and the good thing with Matt Corral, too, is he's going to get you some, some rushing yards as well. You know, he's going to sneakily get you two or three points. Uh, on just taking off on third downs yeah. if teams are going to want to drop in coverage. I think that's the thing that you saw last week against Ole Miss is, you know, Arkansas dropped eight in coverage. They kind of had a beat of when they were going to throw the football. They would drop eight, uh, and he was trying to force balls in the coverage. And I think he's going to learn from that and say, listen, if you're going to drop eight, I'm just going to take off and run and get five, six, seven yards a pop until you then have to rush four, rush five, give me some more one-on-one opportunities to take some shots down the field. So, um 
I'll take over that. I think he's going to come out in a big way this game, throw the football around the park, take care of it. And like I said, I think he's going to use his legs because I do anticipate Auburn dropping back in coverage and seeing if they can kind of, you know, get some interceptions like like Arkansas did last weekend. Yep, like your thought process there. Love it. I'm going to throw you one more player, a little bit of curveball because he's going to bring up our next game. He's back in action this week. Heisman hopeful. Justin Fields taking on Nebraska, which I think, Aaron, might be one of your dark horses in the Big Ten. He has projected 31 points. That's a lot of points for somebody that might not play all four quarters. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Um, you know, I mean, Ohio to... State's a 26-point favorite, too, so keep that in mind. That's freaking crazy. That That's that's crazy. Are we picking the line on that game, too? Give me your prize picks on fields first. I, I think it's oh, under. I, I just I don't think he's going to play enough football in the game. To, oh. you know, but, I, but then again, will Ohio State score 50 in the first half and bench everybody and fields has four touchdowns Listen, like Trevor Lawrence did to me last weekend? In, in Nebraska. I mean, this is Scott Frost's third year there, and Scott Frost – is one of the best young coaches in all of America. So I think he has the culture set there. Uh, I think these guys, with with hopefully Martinez maturing within this offense, can do some stuff on that side of the football to keep Justin Fields off the field. So I'm going to take the – if we're going to pick in the line, too, I'm going to take the under for Fields at 31, and I'm going to take the under, two of the 26. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Nebraska on this okay. one. Okay, okay. I like that. I like your thought process here. You're exactly right. Scott Frost, if you're not a fraud – you at least win some football games, some big-time football games in your third year at Nebraska. Um, This specific situation, I just think Justin Fields and Ohio State in general, they always start the season off so fast. It's not like these SEC games where, you know, and I'll just go back to Georgia versus Arkansas. Obviously, we didn't know Arkansas would be pretty competent at this point. But you don't see elite Big Ten teams early in the season falter or start slow. I very well think this game could be out of control at halftime. It's a 26-point line. I hate it, but I'll lay the 26. I think Ohio Ooh. State has a lot of NFL you talent. You against Georgia Tech. I know. I learned my lesson last weekend. Yeah, exactly. As Jeez. much as I do know about Ohio State, I don't know about Nebraska. That's why I'm laying the points here. I think Fields is going to sit there and go, can I get in the Heisman race legitimately by only playing eight games? Well, we'll see. And I think he's going to be out there with some vengeance to have this weekend. I'm just glad the Big Ten's back. Can't believe I'd ever yep. say that out loud. But I'll lay the 26 here. So that will be a good one. And then the other game in the Big Ten, and I'm going to let you pick our last game, Aaron, is a top 25 matchup at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Number 18, Michigan, taking on number 21, Minnesota. This is where college game day is this weekend. How about Michigan, a three-point road favorite? The total mm-hmm. here is 54. I'm going with, with Minnesota here. I, I, I row the boat, baby. Is that okay. is that their is oh, that yeah. gonna be the same for this year as well? Oh, yeah. the boat. Um, you know, I like Tanner Morgan. I, you and I were talking about this game the other day, and he reminds me a lot of, of of Jake Fromm. You know, nothing extremely special with his arm talent, but he takes care of the football. He's accurate. Uh, they got a, an elite receiver on the outside. Um, so I, I do. I like this football team. I think last year they obviously showed us a lot. Uh, and their great run they had throughout that season. I think they take that confidence over into this year. And I'm just not a big fan of Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. There's just every year just disappointment after disappointment. They're breaking in a new quarterback. They like him. He's a big kid. But I don't know. Minnesota at home, the weather is going to be na- – I think it's supposed to snow too in Minnesota. Look it's at that. Nasty. 33 with snow flurries. Yeah. I'm no that? meteorologist, a, but I thought it had to be 32 to be snowing. Big Ten football. What's it's that? Snow- he said, "Welcome back to Big Ten football. You get snow on the uh, on the very first weekend. So 
I like Minnesota at home, especially if this thing gets sloppy. Um, you know, you talk about a, a more veteran quarterback going against a kid in Michigan who hasn't played a lot of football. Again, you're beating me to these picks. I need to start um, going first, but I think I'm going to go with Michigan here. When have you ever gone with Michigan? I feel like that's the like, whole point. Like hater of Michigan. <laughs> that's the whole point. I am a hater of Michigan. I hate this pick so much that I kind of like it. Jim Harbaugh, wake up. You have got to win this football game. If you lose this football game outright, what what are we even doing? Honestly, Aaron, how much longer will it go on the Jim Harbaugh project at Michigan? I know they're breaking in a new quarterback. I know P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman are ready to go out there and make it happen again. I mean, they were in big-time college football playoff talks late last season. This is a home game. They're trying to row the boat. They're trying to set the standard. Michigan. Show up for me one time. One time. I'm going to lay the three here. I'm laying the three. Show up for me, Michigan. Last game, Aaron. Let's wrap this thing up. Do you want to head back to the SEC where you said that your favorite game might be South Carolina at LSU? Yeah, let's head to that game. I like that game. That's probably my favorite game in the SEC uh, this weekend when I kind of look at all the matchups. And um, I think South Carolina is going to win this football game. I really do. I think South Carolina goes on the road. Uh, obviously, Miles Brand most likely is not playing with it with an ankle sprain. Uh, you got a rookie rookie quarterback, or excuse me, a freshman quarterback playing for LSU. It may be Brad Johnson's son playing. Um, LSU, they named it today. TJ Finley is starting for LSU. Okay. Yep. I thought they would go with with um, uh, his son because he's a little bit more athletic. But you know, still a a a kid who has not played. A uh, defense that, as we saw last week, is pretty darn good on the defense side of the football. They get their number two cornerback to go along with their number one cornerback. Just a lot of length on that side. Very disruptive defense for South Carolina. Uh, offensively, I'm loving what Kylan Hill's doing. I'm loving Shai Smith. Big props to Coach Bobo. I think he's doing a heck yeah. of a job. I just think I just think South Carolina overall is a good football team. They've played well all year long. Even in their losses, they've played well. So I like South Carolina taking that confidence from the win last week versus Auburn, carrying it over to LSU. And for LSU, man, how crazy is this? I mean, we, we obviously we talked about this offseason, everything they lost. But like, oh, it's okay, you know, for them, at least they have an easy schedule to start the season off. They got Mississippi State, Vandy, Missouri. You know, they should be 3-0 before they play Florida. You know, this team is 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 1-2. and two. Um, And if they lose this weekend, they're 1-3. I oh. mean, how crazy is that? The defending champs, when we were talking about – the easiest part of their schedule is the beginning part of it, and they can't even get through the first four games of one and three. So I like South Carolina to win this football game, um, and I think it's going to be a competitive game. But just like I said, with the, with the fact that they'll be starting a, a freshman quarterback for LSU, I don't know if that defense has gotten any better on that side of the football, even with the bye week. I'll take I'll take South Carolina here. It's shocking to me that LSU is a six-point favorite in this game. Shocking to me. I mean, what in the world would tell you that LSU should be laying anything to South Carolina based off of what we've seen, based off of LSU starting a new quarterback, based off of every piece of evidence that you could conjure up, LSU should be a dog in this game, which makes me say what, Aaron? Vegas knows something. I'm laying the point. Something's got to be going on. This is crazy. I watch enough college football to know LSU should not be favored in this football game. I know it's at night. I know it's in Baton Rouge. I guess I'm going to roll with it and close my eyes. I'm going to lay the six points here. Um, Drew is on LSU minus six, and we'll see what happens. 
We'll see what happens. You know what? Uh, I'm just thrilled. J.C. Horn is going to get his second or third and fourth interception of his career this football game, most likely. So okay, I think, I think that's more realistic than LSU winning this football game. <laughs> All right. Well, it tells you how much confidence Aaron has in my pick there. But you know what? Honestly, I know I kind of incorrectly said it's a buy-ish week in the SEC. Yeah, there's four games, but they're good games. And across the top 25, there's a great top 25 matchup in the Big 12 with Oklahoma State and Ohio State playing. I think, or Iowa State playing, excuse me. I think Oklahoma State could be on upset alert. And Aaron, yep. I think you, I think you also think Notre Dame. Watch out for that Notre Dame game at yeah, Pittsburgh and Heinz Field. Pittsburgh's gonna be interesting. NC State, North Carolina is gonna be a That's good, a good one game. as well. Yeah, two ranked teams. Um, and let's do our uh, our locks of the week. I'm feeling really good about my lock of the week. That's why I'm bringing it up right Tell now. Tell me. I obviously feel good about it. I am taking the over on Kentucky at Missouri. It's at 47. Or I think it's around 47, at least what I'm looking at right now. Um, the over on that one. Missouri, no defense. No defense. Kentucky, offensively, they're doing a good job right now. Terry Wilson's playing well. They'll be able to score some points. And then my boy, Connor Bazelak, is going to have another good football game. So, Dude, I you love, love that guy. I love that guy, but this is 47 <laughs> points. Are you kidding me? That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's low. I don't that's, know. I mean, are you expecting a couple pick sixes for Kentucky to get absolutely hand-wrapped gifted into their lap? I don't know, but like you said, 47 I mean, does both seem— teams are going to get in the mid-20s at least points. That is pretty suspect. Let me double-check your line there, and then I'll let you roll with it as your lock of the week. Yeah, 47. You're correct, yeah, so you're taking the over— 47 and um my lock of the week i gotta go under 65 in the alabama tennessee game tennessee ain't gonna score their offense is horrible i think alabama pulls everybody in the third quarter and i think this game goes under yeah but the only issue is is alabama score like 50 something points and and tennessee it could be like what's what's over under for that one 65 yeah, I can see that game be like 52 to 14. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's why they handicap it, and that's why I'll be here. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you can't do that with an offshore sports book, you have to sign up for prize picks, guys. It is Daily Fantasy Simplified. We talked about it earlier on in the show. All you got to do is sign up at prizepicks.com or download the app and use the promo code PUNT, P-U-N-T. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% match. On your first deposit, up to $100. Prize Picks has no sharks, no optimizers, no mass multi-entries. It's just you versus the projection. That's it. And you can do mixed sport entries, college football and NFL football, or the World Series if you love baseball. they got a 4.8 star rated app in the App Store, wherever you get your apps. Be sure to download Prize Picks or go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code PUMP. We love our buddies over at Prize Picks. Hey, check us out on social media as well, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron's at AaronMurray11. I'm at Drew Butler. Head on over to puntandpass.com, and we will talk to you early next week. Have a great weekend. See you.